I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life that I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught, find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I'm here with my daughter, Elite. I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm also doing excellent. Do you have any invitations that you have been working on that you want to update us on? Um, I, scripture study, you would think that I would figure it out after a while, but <laughs> I'm still... I'm still trying to make sure that it gets done every day. Um, and there's like a, there's a whole bunch of talks that talk about scriptures. Like actually the last one we talked about was um, like as we read scriptures, we will have bigger testimonies of Jesus Christ and those kinds of things. So there's a lot of blessings associated with it. But that's what I've been working on is consistently reading my scriptures in a good environment where I can learn. In the next 30 minutes, you will be invited yet again. <laughs> Indeed. Immerse yourself in this Indeed. <laughs> Must be important. <laughs> so um, I know that we don't want to spend the whole time on on this at the beginning here. We want to get to the talk. But I think, Aaliyah, you're struggling with something that everybody struggles with. That yeah. <laughs> or has struggled with at some point. So what are you what are you doing? What are, what's working? What's not working? How are you approaching it? Well, what's working is a set time and place that I consistently do scriptures. So my Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule is different than my Tuesday, Thursday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I leave for campus twenty minutes early and show up in my classroom and just read scriptures for twenty minutes before class starts. On the Tuesday, Thursday after my eight AM class, I have forty five minutes of just nothing, and so I go to the music building. And I have I sit in the same spot every time, and I reach for twenty minutes. But every once in a while, those schedules change, or like other things are happening. And if I don't do it in those times, it is really hard for me to find the motivation and find the like physical and spiritual space, um, and mental space to like have that kind of edifying study that I usually can get in those environments. And so, yeah. that's the that's what's not working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, raise your hand if scripture study accidentally happens and fits into your schedule without trying, right? Nobody raised their hand. I could see out there that nobody raised their hand. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> to quote the last one, that kind of strength does not just happen. Indeed. Yeah. You, you've got to be intentional about it. So time in a, same time and a place. I love that. That's a great way. Um We've talked about tiny or atomic habits on here before. He loves pairing habits together. So I've paired my scripture study with walking on the treadmill. So that's when I do it. And so it gets done every day. Burke pairs his with driving, which he does um, approximately uh, 20 to 22 hours of driving a day. I, th I think is what you do. <laughs> a day. <laughs> Somewhere between and 10 and 20 most weeks. But Oh, okay. All right. Um but that's when he gets his scripture study in. So, uh, Rivka, what do you do? Uh, I have currently paired it with my weight during Kate's 
early morning seminary class. I drive her there. I'd study my scriptures while she's in seminary, and then we drive home together. That is a very edifying morning for both of you. Yeah. So four days a week that happens because she doesn't have it on Wednesday. So I have to try to find other ways to stick it in Wednesday and on the weekends. But Okay. Awesome. And obviously it looks different for anyone, everyone else. Or, every, scripture study looks <laughs> different for everyone. I apologize. Burke, you've recently added some scripture study into your routine. So when do you do that? That one is just kind of when I can remember it and think about it. So it's a little more patchy. Uh, mm-hmm. But interestingly, it seems to be the highest yield of all of my scripture yeah. study. I don't know why that is, but. Yeah. Earlier when I asked that question, Burke was the only one who raised his hand. That it just <laughs> just fit in. Oh, so, oh so true. I just turned it into a habit and, uh, and it is. So good. Well, one of my favorite sayings, which I tried really hard not to say last time because Aaliyah's heard it about eight bajillion times. <laughs> uh, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, that's the way he prevents us from reading scriptures, right? Is we just mm-hmm. just don't seem to have time. Yeah. So in, in a way, all three talks from this session have been about consistency because tithing is the same thing. If you just let it, if you just want it to sort of happen, like, hey, it's the end of the month. I have 10% extra money. I'm going to give that to the church. Not going to happen, right? So it's about that consistently putting the Lord first. So, okay, the podcast is over. We did it, guys. It was amazing. Right, so five minutes. <laughs> That's record time. Record time. Um, well, we all, even though it's over and you're not going to get anything else better out of it, we all love doing it. So we're going to keep going. So, Burke. <laughs> Um, did you have any invitations you wanted to update us on? So we just already kind of talked about it, but I, I have found, and I don't know if this is the same for everyone who has done this study of Jesus Christ from the topical guide, but he is everywhere in the scriptures, just like everywhere. If you didn't realize he's all over in the scriptures. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel like I knew that, but I maybe didn't have that great of appreciation for it. Yeah. It's sinking into your soul now, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Along those lines, Burke, do you remember in the book by Kerry Mulestein about the Abrahamic Covenant, he talked about how the Book of Mormon has like, as in like 15 or 20% of of the book, every 20% of the verses make reference to it. I can't remember the number. I'll have to read it again. Yeah, but all specifically. Um, the Abrahamic Covenant is everywhere. So I was kind of thinking now that I'm done with Jesus the Christ, and I hope to finish that book about the names of the Savior, um, by the end of the year, that next year during the Book of Mormon, I should r- focus in on the Abrahamic Covenant and try to find all the places that it shows up to see if it really is everywhere. So that's an invitation that I'm going to be be seeking next year. Because so. you were light on invitations. That's good. I, w- <laughs> I struggle um, to with this, Burke. I say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. This is my- uh, because in my mind, as a, a dyed in the wool optimist, it's all possible. It's all possible. Well, you we can all, we can always do everything. It's yeah. fine. You're a gospel golden retriever, like sure, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Let's do it. <laughs> One million percent accurate. Yeah. Um, yes, thank you. Well, um, Rivka, do you have any invitations that you want to work that you want to update us on? Well, I have been working on my study through Hebrews, which feels like it's taking forever. And it's going to take longer because I got sort of interrupted by 
remembering in my notes. So the reason I was doing that was because of, of a series of classes that I took at Education Week. And in my notes, I was interrupted by the remembrance that Carrie Mielstein, who you just brought up, um, I had gone to a class of his and he was discussing Hasid, which is, you know, President Nelson brought up in conference. I know you and Burke have both, I think, read his book, listened to his book where he talks about it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and he in that class was like, by the way, I have a document with all of the references of, let me click, how many are there? 247 times in the Old Testament where the term Hasid is used. And in context, and and he was like, if you want to let me know. So I emailed him and I was like, that be Justin, I would love that. And he's like, of course, here you go. And so I've been going through that, <laughs> which kind of put my study of Hebrews on pause. Yeah. Will you forward that to me, Rika? That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Totally. That would go right along with what I want to do. Yeah. See, Todd just uh, said I yes think- to another one. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I can absolutely add that into my day. No problem. No, nobody even invited me to do it. I invited myself, but <laughs> I know how that feels. But that sounds amazing. I'm, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we need a separate podcast on that, Ripka. I think uh, we should do on the on the two hundred forty-seven occurrences of Hasid. We'll just yes. read it and figure out contextually what it's. It's interesting because it's translated into different terms in English. So, right. Yeah, the yeah, King so James I, translators did it differently. Yeah, so it's interesting to go and read it in context to try to better understand that concept because it's not really one that translates into English or Western thought that, like super easily. So, right. yeah, in, re- good. in return, I will email you a book on relational grace uh, by one of the people that he had on his own podcast, Brother Mielstein's podcast, mm-hmm. um, that has some similar thoughts about the language we use and versus King James and how it all ties together and um, how it's different from our modern language. So um, I don't know how awesome. many times the 1828 Oxford Dictionary is in <laughs> that document, well, but I think you'll Webster's Dictionary. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. 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 I know. Third alert. Okay. <laughs> There's like a whole competition between those two. Indeed. Well, I think I need to go back to the beginning of the podcast and put a little warning that says fast forward 10 minutes if you don't (laughs) want to hear us uh, go on a big tangent. But at the 10 minute mark, we are now going to get to our talk called The Power of Jesus Christ in Our Lives Every Day by by Elder Joaquin E. Costa of the 70. Aaliyah, did I say that right? Uh, Yeah. Joaquin? I think so. Okay. Well, as you can tell by his excellently worded title, this talk is all about bringing the power of Jesus Christ into our lives every day consistently and how we do that. And um, spoiler alert, it's the fundamentals, right? There's nothing (laughs) new here, but he has some great examples. So um, today let's start with Rivka. And Rivka, I want to relieve any pressure you may feel (laughs) No matter what you say, it's okay. And oh, man. Fundamental doctrine. <laughs> no. You pick whatever is obvious or or perfect or whatever you want, and we'll choose something. Obvious you, or perfect. You go first. Yeah, I love that. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. He says, we don't come to Jesus because we are perfect. We come to him because we are flawed, and in him we can be perfected. How appropriate. <laughs> 
Yeah. Tell me why this resonated with you. Um, the fear that we, or maybe the idea that we have to do something to make us worthy to approach the Savior. I, I feel like that's pretty common in the human experience at some point for all of us. And so I love that he just straight out says, we, we don't come to Jesus because we are perfect or because we're like him. We come to him because he's the one who helps us become in that way. So that's it. However, like however messy, however imperfect, however wicked, it does not matter. We can all go to him. Love it. Fantastic. And something that we get backwards all the time. Yeah. So. Great. Well, let's go on to Burke. What was your fundamental doctrine? He says, I have found that the source of that strength is faith in Jesus Christ as we intentionally seek to come unto him each and every day. I love it. Why did this resonate with you? Well, because he starts off talking before there about people who have experienced really hard things and how they went through it with strength. And as someone who often worries about things in my life that haven't even gone wrong yet, I would prefer to have more strength. And I love that he says the best way to do that is to just seek Jesus Christ every day. It's one of those things that doesn't seem intuitive, but has worked for me. So, yeah. Um, tell me about some of these stories of people who've gone through hard things. Is there any one of those that really stood out to you? Uh, I mean, he talks about people's houses burning down and a girl who has lost her legs. I think she was pushed onto train tracks because one someone wanted to steal her cell phone yeah. and how hard that was for her and also for her father. I just, just terrible, awful stuff happens to people all the time, all over the world. Some that you might yeah. think would deserve it, but mostly people who don't. Indeed. Uh, if, if anyone listening has not gone to the actual app and read this this talk you really should there's a picture of this girl being pushed in a wheelchair by her father mm -hmm. and that really changes the impact of the story so well then burke in your life tell me you said that it's worked for you so tell me or maybe you phrased it differently than that but but tell me about that i who i have a hard time saying this um I can't get through a single day without praying for help and praying in gratitude and feeling um, just the strength of Jesus Christ next to me and helping me forward and showing me sometimes that next step that I need to take through the hard things. I don't know how people get through life without it. I have no understanding of that. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for that testimony. Just daily reaching out to him. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, let's go on to Aaliyah. Aaliyah, what was your fundamental doctrine? My fundamental doctrine was, our covenants are not really transactional. They are transformational. Ooh, tell me more about that. Well, this is actually wording that my Mr. President used all the time. Um, this difference between transactional versus transformational. Um, transactional is like, in exchange, you know, like, I go to the store, I want chips, I pay, they give me chips. <laughs> right, a transaction. Simple, easy. Um, okay. But a transformational isn't quite as simple. And even if it was as simple, the end result is that you are transformed and, and your relationship is transformed and your faith is transformed. It's like anything you can think of, it's transformed through Kevin. And so it's not just the like, um, 
Like, I, there was a talk a couple conferences ago about, like, God not being a cosmic vending machine. Like, it's not a transactional vending machine relationship that we have with God. It's a, he literally changes our being, um, <laughs> you know, and just because of the way we interact with him, not because of some, like, transaction that's happening. Yeah, and I do believe both those talks are by the same person. Elder Christopherson? Yep. He gave the uh, the vending machine one for and sure. And also this quote is from him, so. Oh. Nice. Okay. <laughs> well, he's good at teaching that, I guess. <laughs> um, Aaliyah, so how has your, how have your covenants been transformation? Well, when I try, covenants for me are a good, like, guideline and support system um, for to access that kind of change. So, like, um, you know, the sacrament is a good reminder of one of the covenants that we make. And as I um, attempt to follow that kind of guidebook manual um, through the relationship I have with Jesus Christ, then that's where the power is given to me, where he enables me to, you know, be changed and become something different and follow that guidebook a little better every day until eventually it's um, no longer as against my nature as it was in the past to do those things. Awesome. So the covenants are a roadmap to becoming like the Savior. And as you try to follow the roadmap, you get more and more like him. Yep. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Um, let's see. I think we're going to go back to Rivka now and look for more quotes from this talk. What else do you want to highlight for us, Rivka? What other stories visited Ocean Carolina, Jaden, and I must love you after trying to She basically implied ice cream, turmoil, bitterness, anger, hate when this happened. Something that helped me was not to ask why me. This is something that brought me closer to others in the Lord. Instead of distancing myself from Him, I had to speak to Him. And this week, I was. Rivka? Yeah. I'm going to jump in because you're sounding a little broken up to us. So maybe you can um, mute, unmute, or figure out some other way to refresh your system. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go uh, on to Burke here. And we will come back to you in just a moment. Okay. Because um, I really liked that quote, and I want to hear what you have to say about it. So, Burke, did you have something else that you wanted to um, highlight for us? Uh, just a quote from President Nelson that I think can't be said too many times. In coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. He will bestow countless privileges, blessings, and miracles miracles upon the faithful. I, they can keep bringing it up, and I'm going to love that quote every time because... <laughs> So much of what you read in the scriptures is here's all the awful stuff that's going to happen in the latter days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. doesn't dwell on that, that there's also a lot of amazing things. So, yeah. Um, I think this guy loves to quote President Nelson as much as you do, Burke. <laughs> it is funny. Well, I don't, it's not so much that I love to quote President Nelson, it's I love to quote other people quoting President Nelson. <laughs> that's a good point excellent point uh, but yeah he had a lot of President Nelson quotes and I love that quote and and in the context of the talk 
he's not saying that um, you need to climb the top of Mount Everest and, you know, there you'll have a vision or, or whatever. He's saying you do the little things every day. You consistently seek the Lord and, you know, those great miracles will come. So, all right, we're going to try Rivka again. Okay, you tell me. Is that any better? Yes, yes. he's so great. Right. Okay. I'll read the I'll read the end part of that quote again. Okay. Um, she said something that helped me was to not ask why me, but what for. This was something that brought me closer to others and the Lord. Instead of distancing myself from Him, I had to cling to Him. And as I thought about that this week, I mean, initially I was like, "Yeah, that's brilliant," because. And, you know, the Lord is not just, um, he, he, he doesn't just on a whim cause people to suffer. Um, and he always uses it for our, for our good. And so the what for is an important question to ask, but I was thinking about why I might be hesitant to ask that because sometimes the why me pity party is nice. Do you know what I mean? Like it's fun. We don't we don't want to say it is, but sometimes it it is, and we want to feel angry, and we want to, to, you know, spout our feelings of unjust things, and and um and when we ask what for, if we ask, I think with real intent, often in my experience, the Lord answers and helps me see that, but once I see the what for. It requires me to let go of those feelings of pity or the feelings of vengeance or the feelings of injustice. And the natural man in me or natural woman in me likes that. And so there's a part of me that has to give up what I like, the wallowing, in order to see the what for. And so even though it sounds like, well, obviously you'd want to do that because then you don't have to feel those awful feelings. I don't know. There's a part that kind of rubbles in the awful feelings for a little bit. And uh, so I think that change from why me to what for is actually a little bit of us um, practicing the law of sacrifice. And being willing to give up something that the natural man likes in order to allow our spiritual selves to to grow and um, become what the Lord wants us to become through the struggles that we have. I love it. And we, we've used this terminology before, Rivka, but it's important to acknowledge the struggles, but mm-hmm. not wallow in the struggles. Yeah. And I love the idea of sacrificing those or, or placing those feelings of negative feelings on the altar uh, for the Lord as as something that maybe could be selfish if it's done with the intent to sort of rebel in that um, whatever words you're using there, you know, self-pity yeah. and, and, and anger. So, yeah. And, you know, that's interesting. Um, wait, what did you just say? I just had a thought and then it lit it out of my brain. Um, oh, when we, oh, when we, um, the acknowledgement of the, of the difficulty or the trial or the hard feelings, I feel like if we have an understanding of the what for, if we can gain that and that deepens it, then we actually really have a, 
I think, a better way to acknowledge what we're going through, the reality of what we're going through and what it's for and and um, its purpose. Instead of just saying like, like this, you know, like this is making me feel sad. Then we could be like this, like this is the thing that I'm, I'm feeling and this is how it is affecting me and how, you know, and what I can do with that or what the Lord can do with that. I don't know. I feel like it deepens our capacity to acknowledge what we're actually experiencing. Awesome. I love that. That's great advice. Um, well, I wanted to d- direct us to the middle of the talk. Being a very concrete, linear thinker, I love that he did talk about all these things that go on in our hearts and that are emotional and spiritual, but then he says, well, how do we do this every day? And he gave us a really simple, practical tip here. For me, it begins in the morning. When I wake up, instead of looking at my phone, I say a prayer. Then I read a scripture. And a little bit later, he says, it helps me to endure to the end, or at least to the end of the day. Um, And I just love that idea of like, well, I'm going to swap out waking up and immediately like doom scrolling Instagram for 10 minutes or whatever we all do with something straightforward and simple. Just going to pray, even if it's simple and and quick, and then read a scripture. And then maybe your full scripture study will be some other time, but helps him to always remember the Lord, <clears throat> which is one of our covenants, right? Uh, Leah talked about covenants. Um, and, and that's the way he keeps his covenants is to swap out that phone time with Um, scripture and prayer time. So very practical, useful tip here. All right, we're going to go on to um, some invitations and promises with our last few minutes here. So we will go to um, Aaliyah. Aaliyah, do you have any invitations or promises you wanted to highlight? I do. There's a really cool promise um, that he extended to those who are watching the suffering um, rather than being the like center of it. Um, so he's talking about like the father of the girl who lost his leg, her leg. <clears throat> um, and so he says, when our pain or the pain of so many love is so much that we can't bear it, remembering Jesus Christ and coming into him can lighten the burden, soften the heart and ease the pain. And so not only when we are dealing with hard things, but also when other people are dealing with hard things, it's kind of hard for us um, to see that and feel that. But the same still applies. Jesus Christ can still help out. Um, and we we're promised a light burden and a softened heart and eased pain. Awesome. So the invitation is to remember the Savior even when others are suffering mm-hmm. and our burdens will be lightened. Yep. Awesome. Burke, how about you? Any invitations and promises here? Yeah, he says, trusting God and keeping our covenants with him, which I feel like is the invitation. He didn't phrase it that way. But he's, and then he says, brings power to our weakness and comfort to our grief. So I think he's inviting us to trust God and keep our covenants. Okay, fantastic. And Rivka, we started with you. We'll end with you. What is another invitation or promise that you wanted to highlight? Right at the end, he just really simply says, I know that he stands ready to endow us with pow- with his power if we come unto him each and every day. Okay, so daily coming to the Lord through our covenants, through scripture, prayer, and whatever else it may be, uh, change in our mindset and so on, will endow us with power. 
Yeah. In that relationship between us and him, he is the regular all the time. It's us that is <laughs> that brings the inconsistency to that. Yeah. Absolutely true. Awesome. Okay. That was a great talk. And the next one we're going to discuss is Promptings of the Spirit by Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. In the meantime, if you want to get all of us, Aaliyah is you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook and Instagram at Words of the Prophets Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Aaliyah, and thanks to everyone who joined us today. Until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.